Breaking news. And you're up to date at 8.06. Let's head back to the BT studio and Dave. Thank you very much, Leah. And I'm going to introduce you to Raj Kotecha. He's a guy who knows the phone industry. Hey, guys, this is Raj Kotecha at Web Summit 2015. Virtual reality, augmented reality, and holograms are coming faster than you can even imagine. Who knows the music industry? Bobby Digital, Digi Snacks, and stores there. DJ Friction, the Rods from Love Soul. We right here, we doing it big, yo. Wu-Tang backstage, Bobby Digi. And as a website, studenttones.com, that tracks and sells some of the biggest tones going on out there. Thank you very much for coming. Yeah. Send this one out to everybody. Trying to make ends meet. Yeah, I'm on the grind. Yo, this is Raj Katecha, CEO of the Creative Content Agency, co-founder of Vayner World, creative hustler. You are tuned in to the Dukan podcast. Do yourself a favor and listen to every single second of what you're about to hear, because what these guys are doing is bigger than podcasts and bigger than content. If you're about the life the way I'm about it and you hustle and you get it and you believe that there's legitimate opportunities, contact me. I'm listening. I'm everywhere. Instagram at Rajkatecha, like Twitter, Rajkatecha, Facebook, forward slash Rajkatecha, CCA, Medium, forward slash Rajkatecha, Snapchat, Rajkatecha. Just get at me, man. Urban Life. Neighborhood banter. Pull up a seat and pass the time. <laughs> the Dukan. Hosted by OT, Toothless, and Ishad. Today was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, we started the day over at Emirates Academy of Hospitality Management, I believe it's called. Did a talk out there for about 15, 20 kids. Amazing. Okay. All, all have like superb potential. Age group? They are, I think they were as low as 20 and there's one dude that was 24. So really in that kind of perfect, I can do something I want to do my something. Life. I'm excited to do something. Yeah. yeah. And, and we spoke about, we did a, we did a, a two-hour version of a four-hour workshop that I teach, which is called the Content Leadership Program. It's called the Solar Syllabus. And it's an analogy for teaching people renewable ways of shedding light on their brand. So that's the whole solar analogy, which is, you know, the sun comes up every day. It's a renewable energy source. I believe that content is a renewable energy source. Um, And I believe that it's one of those things that if you stick with it and you you get the principles and the frameworks that you can come up with a new story every single day, whether it be for a marketing campaign or about yourself. But but where I specialize is showing folks how to build their personal brand. Um, You said content is renewable. Why is it renewable? I don't think I think since the beginning of time we've never run out of stories. If the Good first point. story that we ever told was, "Hey, I'm a caveman, you're a caveman, you just went down to the water and you saw that you could get a salmon, but don't cross the water because on the other side there's a bear," you told a story. Right. And it's that story from who knows maybe thousands of years ago that have got us to to, to where we are today. Okay. Uh, and that's why I think the content is a renewable thing because, you know, Newspapers produce content every day. We produce content when we talk to each other, when we send each other emails, when we come up with business cards. You know, we just, we come up with content all the time. Well, life is content. Life is content. (laughs) Hashtag life is content. Hashtag life is content. (laughs) Question, how do you you guys get to decide what the content that ideally would be shared to the public versus what doesn't get shared or seen by the public? I guess it really depends on what your content pillars are as a person. If we're talking about personal branding, right? 
Yeah. So it really depends on what your content, what what it is that you want to uh, do with your life. And I, and I start I start in the program by talking about the four a.m. subject, which is that you need to start with a level of expertise that is high enough. And the only way you can start with that level of expertise is if you're talking about something that you truly know about. For me, I mm. know about content marketing. I understand about building a personal brand, and that's my four a.m. subject, as well as talking about Jay-Z, as well as a number of different subjects. But my, my subject that I can pull content out of the sky from is, you know, yeah. personal branding. Does, and that, does, that, does that fit jack of all trades types of people who just kind of have a general knowledge about everything? They're not specialized. They're not experts in one particular topic. I think, firstly, we live in the era of jack of all trades. I think I was, I was one of the victimized jack of all trades that when I was at university 15 years ago, when I left and I tried to get a job, um, in a graduate program, they're like, what's your specialty? And I was like, listen, I can do sales, I can do marketing, I can yeah. do basic accounting, I can do all aspects of entrepreneurship. And growing up as a, you know, my, my father's a businessman, his father, his father. You, when you grow up living in a shop, you yeah. naturally understand everything from customer service to buying. So it was the age of the generalist, yeah. but the system... You learn how to play shop at a... You do learn how to play shop at a young age, but the system was set up to you did a degree in this, which means you do a graduate program in that. And then the Internet came along and people discovered through going on multiple websites that actually they do have an interest in pastry making. They are a sneak ahead. They are prepared to go back. Like one thing I love about OT is that when we first met a year ago for a young guy, he knows so much about late 80s, early 90s hip hop. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that OT would have figured that out unless he'd had the internet to deep dive and listen to beats and listen to samples. Yeah. And so we live in the age of the generalist. It's the time of the generalist now. And I think it's okay to have more than one string to your bow. And the reason why I think it's okay to have more than one string to your bow is because I'm a DJ. And when I go and DJ somewhere, the first thing that somebody asks me is, what else do you do? Mm -hmm. And I say, well, I run a creative content agency and we help brands figure out what social media they should be putting out. It's a pipeline. It's all a pipeline. If you introduce yourself as a podcaster, someone will say to you, what else do you do? And then you can talk about all the other things that you do, whether it be something synonymous, which is being an MC or being an artist, or whether it be something to do with the fact that maybe you own a, a car shop and you can do customization. Yeah. It's all a pipeline. How you get to the nucleus isn't important. The fact that you merchandise yourself and what it is that you're good at with a bunch of different interesting things is what draws people in. And it gives a more complete picture of a, of a human being as opposed to a one-dimensional character, isn't it? Right. And a lot of people say to me, like, hey, I'm a DJ and, or I'm a, I'm a dancer or I'm a, I'm, I, I love making cakes, but in the day I'm a you know, financial analyst. Should I be putting both out? Yes. <clears throat> like, I work with some of the biggest CEOs in the Middle East and a whole bunch across the world. And I swear to God, when I'm in a room where every other person is a big CEO, the, the fact that I mentioned that I love music and I'm a DJ is the ultimate conversation starter. Right. Because it's like mm. milk, 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 lemonade, milk, milk, milk. You stick out, right? Mm -hmm. and, that's, and, and that's amazing. And, you, you know, you'd be, you'd be surprised how many people, like, are into what you're authentically into when you get past yeah. the suit and tie. Okay, well, going into... Because I, uh, I attended the workshop you had uh, through Mina Speakers, right? Personal branding. Right. right? Um, talk to me about authenticity in the, in the, in the uh, drive to create a personal brand. Well, talk to me about that. The thing that I've noticed as somebody who's built his personal brand is that it is a shorter route to achieving your career and life goals. And the reason why it's that is because of prejudice. And we talk about prejudice like it's a negative thing. And especially in a time right now where you've got Trump and all this other news, we think about prejudice, prejudice as a negative thing. In reality, prejudice is to prejudge. Yes. And I guarantee you that if people prejudge you in a negative way, it's going to make your life harder. However, if you use some of the things that I talk about in a positive way, 
and people prejudge you in a positive light mm -hmm. and they know what you're about, well, that just makes it easier for you to get that job, get that contract, get that conversation started because everyone's like, oh, I know OT. He's the guy who knows how to host parties. When I consume his personal brand online, I see him with these MCs, with these DJs rocking these parties. Then I see him on podcasts. Then I see that he works at a, a top international agency. That's his personal brand. Mm -hmm. So therefore, when you talk to him, there's a sense of confidence that we can take this conversation maybe to a commercial paradigm where I can pay this man or pay this girl for this subject, for this, uh, for this, for this service. Right, right, right. And that's why I'm so big on personal brands. It's, so it's kind of like these platforms, right? Most people use it uh, just to communicate. Okay, but then if you're smart enough, you can curate your platforms to push the brand um, by while being authentic to what you're about, you know, what I mean? but not not breaking the authenticity at any point. You understand what I'm trying to say? Am I getting it right? Like you could spin, say, spin it, spin it another way. Like for okay, me. It's like your Facebook feed, you, you're talking about everything in the world. But right. if you're smart and you're saying, I want to push this this side of me through Facebook, I'm going to put this type of content. Yeah. At that point, you're curating your feed. You're taking control over the platform as opposed to. I think you're taking control of the narrative. The narrative. You're really taking control of the fact that okay, look. You know, I want to be known in two or three verticals. And actually, remember, being good at five things doesn't make you a jack of all trades. Being good at five things means that you've taken the time to learn about five things to the point where you can act on those things. Okay? okay, so you can be really good at, you know, pastry and making pastry dishes or making vegan salads. And you can also be a really you can also be really good on the NPC in terms of doing drum patterns. Mm -hmm. And you can also be a really, really good driver. So mm -hmm. if you're a really, really good driver, you might want to do a blog on, you know, the F1 or, you know, NASCAR, mm -hmm. as well as produce content about pastry, as well as produce content about other things. Which one gets you the highest return on investment, depending on what your return on investment is. If it's fame, it could be another thing. If it's money, it could be another thing. If, you know, it depends on what it is. But being an expert, you can easily be an expert. You can have a, five, you can have a 4 a.m. subject on a number of different things. We can get into it right now for four hours on Jay-Z, if you wish. And we can get into it for four hours, if you, if you wish, about content marketing. We just grow up in an era where we've been spoiled with information. And we have the op and for some people that clouds them and it makes them unproductive. Mm. And for other people, we merchandise them like strings to a bow. And we say, this is what we are going to do. This is what this is what I'm going to be an expert in. Mm. Okay, well, kind of to just slightly deviate. So if your 4am subject seems to be Jay-Z. I'm, I feel I feel confident on the guy. I feel uh, like it's it's a good subject. Why do you Why does he resonate with you so much? <laughs> there's something about look. There's something about Jay Z and '90s rappers. You know, not just Jay Z, but also Puffy, and also you know, if you look at people like Master P and Too Short and people like that. One is that, especially when you include Master P and Too Short, that they are the kind of people that the institutions rejected. Okay, okay. they were people that could not get traditional deals. Puffy was asked to come over to Arista, I believe. Jay-Z was uh, turned away from a whole bunch of different labels, right? Or so, so Steve, Steve Stout will tell you. He went and then did it by himself. Two Short Master P all sold records out the, the back, back of, of their the trunk. trunk. Yeah. Okay, that resonates with me because I've... Your story is similar. My story is similar. I mean, I graduated with two technology degrees. Uh, the market crashed and there was no real option for me to get a job in technology. Um, I got turned away from three McDonald's as a kid. I went to a, a business 
a business graduate recruitment thing. Uh, I think it was for KPMG or Deloitte. I forget because mm. it's probably an angry part of my brain where I can't remember it. And uh, <laughs> and I just I remember that you know there was all the universities there. I went to university in Manchester at Manchester Met, which was like the party university. Okay. And university in Manchester was there, and Manchester University was there. And they had this group kind of business activities, and I annihilated everybody, mm-hmm. like just crushed everybody because business is my thing. It's in my DNA, and. Uh, I said to the guys, the recruiters, I was like, listen, so you saw me just win my presentations, my pitches. I understand how a business works. I did a feasibility study, all these things. In practicality, what do you reckon about me getting a job? And they were like, yeah, absolutely apply. And I said, listen, full disclosure, I didn't do too well in my A-levels, which is the qualifying college things that you need to do before you go to university. I got some pretty terrible results. And they were like, oh, you won't make it through the system. And I was like, what do you mean? And it was the beginning of online applications for jobs in early 2000s. And they were like, if you put in CDEN, which is whatever that you got, you will not make it into our organization. Yeah. And I was like, well, F it then. Like yeah, at that point, it was just like F it then. I can't get into a McDonald's. I can't get into a, a blue chip. I'm just going to have to do it by myself. Now, people did give me a shot, but the people that typically gave me a shot were other hustlers that the game pushed away that then went on to do great things and make millions and saw me and said I see where that kid's going and if the Deloitte's and the KPMG's and the Essentials of the world won't get him then I'll grab him in and bring him in as a low level low level salesperson low level marketing person you know very very modest salary but give the kid a chance and that's why that's why these rappers exactly. resonate with me and secondly if you look at Jay-Z if you look at 50 if you look at Puff the majority of their revenue that they made, the reason why they live in the houses that they live in and the reason why they own the assets that they do is because they had mergers and acquisitions. They had, they had sales of companies outside music. They all came up in a time where you could sell records. But if you ask anybody what the biggest check that they got was, it would have been for Rock Aware. It would have been for um, the, the water that 50 bought yeah. into, Vitamin Water, yeah. which he sold to, uh, to, to Coca-Cola. We're talking about checks of... You know, somewhere somewhere between two hundred and three hundred and fifty million dollars, depending on which reports you read. And I realized the same way that music was a gateway drug for their other businesses, that for me, DJing would be a gateway drug to start my own creative agency, to start working directly with clients. So I don't need an employer to introduce me to a client to give me client work. And that's, I think, why it resonates with me. Long answer for a short question. Sorry, that will happen. I get on some Kanye. It's, it's like what I was, it's what I was telling Jim earlier. Like, you know, I like how you got you got the long answers to short questions. Um, See, the p- last year, I mean, Raj and I spent a lot of lunch breaks together. They were never within that first hour. We always end up sitting for a couple of hours extra just chopping it up. The, like, <laughs> um, the, the analogies that he brings to the table and the way he kind of responds is what I always enjoyed because the relationship that he draws from hip-hop and how he managed to connect these dots always found makes it a lot easier to talk to him because then he speaks your language you're understanding exactly where he's coming from and even for people who are not necessarily might be um are business savvy or understand the latest terminology with the trends and digital media they would still understand the story that is trying to get to and the point delivers i noticed because like you always talk about him like uh, your facebook feed and stuff and then reading because when i met you in the workshop you told me the story and i was like okay this the reason why it, it resonates with him is because he he feels it it, it's him, you know mm. what I mean? And the music is his music, you know what I mean? Yeah. When, I, when I say him, I mean you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just interesting that that's what it is because certain people have different tastes in hip-hop. Like who, like my MCs are like more the intellectual MCs, you know what I mean? It's not mm. the hustle thing, you know what I mean? Mm. It's a Nas and all that type of Q-tip, mm. you know, that type of stuff. I mean, Nas is about the hustle. 
He is, but he was, you know, when he first came out, he was that the Buddha monk type of, yo, I yeah. <laughs> You know, I love that type of No, thing. listen, Na- Nas will tell you that he couldn't, like, it's not where he excelled. It's I think there was right. a rhyme, OT, right? Where Nas says, like, I, I, I tried flipping weight and I failed or something. Like, he said that it just wasn't yeah. for him. So, but no, I, I, get, I get it. I get it. During the workshop, you said something interesting. You were like, um, you were comparing entrepreneurship with hip hop. And you yeah. were saying something like entrepreneurship now is where hip hop was at in the 90s. Entrepreneurship is the new hip hop kind of. That's Entrepreneur- something like that. Yeah, I think entrepreneurship is the new. Is, isn't, I, I think that, but I also think, you know, that if, if you hang out on the tech scene the way I do it, like places like Web Summit and, and stuff like that, I think one of the best analogies is that entrepreneurship is being the new rock star. Okay. Okay, in a post Zuckerberg world. And I think that having a startup is having the new garage band. Like when you and your friends are getting together with a bass and a guitar and a drum, like it used to be the coolest thing ever in the 70s, 80s, at a push 90s to be like, oh, I'm in a band. And then all the girls come over, yeah, right? Yeah. Tell a girl right now that you're in a band. She's like, Psh, I'm going for this other guy over here who's starting an app that will deliver me, you know, a cake in 35 minutes. Right. Apps, tech, social media, that is where the current, the current popularity is. In terms of in society, if you're in a startup, if you're an entrepreneur, that is cool. The same way that being a a, a singer or in a rock group is was cool like 10, 15 years ago. Wow! Because the media is pushing that agenda. The media Facebook is movie that comes out. Everybody wants to be the next Zuckerberg. The amount of emails I get, which is like, "Hey, I'm thinking about starting an app, and it's a multi-million pound di- idea. Can I get 30 minutes with you?" And I'm like. What did you base this? How did you self-qualify yourself as an entrepreneur, as somebody who can get an app? Surely there's an, there is a thousand coders you should be talking to before me to find out if something is technically possible rather than asking me, do I think that your service that will deliver you fish and chips or do I think that your service that will make you customize sneakers is going to work? Because everybody wants it. What is it about this that's making it sexy, though? It's not just that it's sexy, because tech and stuff has has existed way before. What's what's the thing? What's happening? Why people? Why do you think people are like kind of feeling? We we live in a world right now, and this is even versus tech. You know, there's a reason why people are more excited by Mark Zuckerberg than they were about Bill Gates. When Bill Gates was coming up, his business and the way his business and the way the story of his business was told was told at a much slower rate. Mm. And those who knew, knew and went deep on what Bill Gates was doing and to a certain extent what Steve Jobs was doing. In a post-Facebook, post-Twitter era, people read the headlines. And venture capital, which is the money that gets pumped into these companies, is now headline news. Okay? Bill Gates and all these other guys, Steve Jobs, who knows how much venture capital they raised. Why? Because they did it in a time, if they did it, where it wasn't popular. Right now, when you just see that Uber raised $3.5 billion dollars from the Saudi investment fund a couple of days ago, we go, if I, people at a simple level think, if I start my own Uber, then I could get this much money. Mm-hmm. And they start with the money and they don't start with the change that the app will create or the service that the app will offer. And they focus on, oh my God, I'm going to get a payout. I'm going to get some venture capital. I can then go and buy my house and then work on the, the startup. Oh, so it's boiling down to that's where the money's at. Yeah, people are thinking that venture capital is real money. Yeah, it's like when, when I was in, in San Francisco, and if, if you go down to Soma, and which is south of the market area, and you go to any coffee shop in that area, I mean, the whole city, but it's just more pop, prominent than Soma, everybody's sitting there with a laptop, and you talk to these guys, and eight out of ten of these people are 
are entrepreneurs and building the next Facebook or the next big app that's going to change the world. Yeah, because eight, eight out of ten that, people are doing that because the same reason why in the South Bronx from 1975 to 1988, everybody wanted to be a rapper, DJ, breaker, graffiti artist. That's what's happening with entrepreneurship in in San Francisco and so many other places like Texas right now has got a very vibrant scene. New York City, North North Atlanta, yeah, yeah. So the money is in the disruption, and then people are the money is driving them to disrupt things. That's yeah. why change is happening so fast. Yeah, and and the, and the punchline. I'm going to give you a super short answer for this one. The reason why the money is in the disruption is because the internet still has a lot of stuff to disrupt. The internet and the speed that we can connect with each other has the ability to deconstruct certain systems and rebuild them faster, and that efficiency, that the net gain in that efficiency is an opportunity for profit. Give me an example of something that can be disrupted, should be disrupted, will be disrupted. Oh, an example of something that still will be disrupted. Yeah, using, the, using this internet uh, uh, idea, you're right. saying it's fast enough. I, here, here's, here's my opinion, and I've been saying this for a long time, and my biggest regret, and I'm so glad you asked me this question, my biggest regret is not, not, not going online and, and saying this earlier. The same way that we are obsessed with social media right now, mm-hmm. we are soon going to be obsessed a lot with biomedia. Okay? This is where I'm going with it. We look at social media because it is a, is a form of media. A newspaper is a form of media. A, a feed on your phone or on your laptop is a form of media. And we are interested in it because the content comes from the society around us, our friends, the groups we're into, the businesses we follow. So things from society come through on a media channel. We are soon going to be as excited by the media that our body creates. Okay? So what media does our body create? Heart rate, blood pressure, acidity, acidity of your blood. And why are we going to be obsessed with cholesterol? Okay, why are we going to be obsessed with that? Because if you map those things and if you knew the situation that you're, if you knew your, your grandfather's biomedia, your great-grandfather's biomedia, your father's biomedia, that gives you a rough idea that the lamb, chicken, dairy, alcohol, cigarettes that you're consuming, when your time is going to be up. You're talking about... Uh I'm talking about Fitbit on Understanding steroids. Understanding the body more, uh, knowing the, getting insights into your own personal sort of well-being. You know what I mean? Like they're already starting. The watches are changing. Yep. And the neotropics. You know what neotropics are? I do not know. Neotropics are a t- uh, like a chemical concoction. It's like a pill. Right. But it enhances your brain chemistry. You right. stay up longer. You're able to function better. It, uh, it uh, promotes neuroplasticity. So you right. can learn things quicker. Wow. wow. Right? So people are going into evolving. Chemically. Yeah. And uh, manipulating their own kind of... The biomedia. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be able to pull out... You're going to pull out a number of devices, but let's just say for argument's sake, a watch or a phone, and look at where your weight was over the last six months, how it's gone up and down, how that's affected your cholesterol levels, how that's affecting your blood pressure. And right now, right now, if I could give you a snapshot of where your body is right now and where it was this time last week, would you not be interested in that data? Of course. Because it's data that you created about yourself. And if you know where that's going, I mean, look, look at the impact that Fitbit's made already. Look at the fact that people are connecting their Fitbit accounts together, groups of five, six, seven, eight guys and girls, and like texting each other on WhatsApp groups going, oh my God, I did a thousand, I did 1100 steps yesterday. You only did a thousand. It becomes competitive. Once we know the data that our biological body creates, we then start, it then enters our consciousness and it starts affecting our 
decisions. The same way that what we post on Facebook is our consciousness affecting the decision about how we want to present ourselves to the world. You can't lie. The, 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 you know, you can fake that, but you can't fake the data that your body tells you about you. And if your mortality is at stake, you're then going to say, okay, you know what? I have to actually go out and do these extra. I have to go and walk for five minutes right now. It's interesting because then the, the communication is more micro rather than macro. If you consider language macro mm. as the original form of, you know, the conventional mm. way of communicating, then we go into social media, we're creating data. Mm. And then bio data mm. is going to be an even more micro form of communication. Yeah, I mean, if... if as if, a meaningful piece of information. Yeah, so you, you'll be able to, you'll soon be able to, you'll soon be out like playing football or whatever like that. You'll get a nine inch cut on your arm or on your leg. And you'll be able to go to your phone and say, okay, based on my blood type, my uh, hemoglobin levels, and based on the food that I've been eating for the last three days, how long is it going to take for this cut to heal? And it will take all the data of all the people in the world that are your height, your weight, your ethnicity, maybe even data from people in your own family, and say, you know what, Irshad, you're going to be good in about 3.75 days. So before that point, avoid alcohol because you need it to clot and you need it to heal. And your skin doesn't respond very, very well to alcohol. So make sure that you stay hydrated and you've got a really good shot of naturally that cut naturally healing up in the fastest period of time. And it will disrupt the health industry. Of course. Of course. It's a doctor. It's, it's, it's a GP. It's an access to data that to, to date even other doctors haven't had. Because doctors can't interrogate the whole world's data records. Yeah. But the whole world will give their data to the rest of the world if everybody benefits from the upside. Take TripAdvisor, for example. Everybody pumps their opinions about TripAdvisor into this one central engine so that the collective good of that data is accessible to everybody else as it leaves. You'll drop a review in TripAdvisor knowing that somebody else will read it and it will benefit them, also knowing that you can go into TripAdvisor and get data in advance of going to another restaurant. Make sense? Of course. I mean, it's like, uh, in my view, long term, it's like Gaia, you know, the Gaia concept where everybody's one. You know what I mean? I know this is not woo-woo, but like, if we're all connected to this level, we're like one organism. We all, our, our data is constantly being shared amongst each other. We're one organism. You yeah. Know? I mean, look, you're what, six, six, six foot plus change? Five, eleven. Right, five, eleven, certain weight, certain height, certain ethnicity. Wouldn't you want to know every other dude that has a 95% biological accuracy to you to and a 95% similar diet to you? Blood type, genetic kind of Blood whatever. type, genetics, amount of sun exposure, amount of water consumption. Wouldn't you want to know how your body's performing in comparison because to them? How much fat you're retaining, how fast your muscle is growing? Because this is survival and it's as close to you as your own heart, yeah. That's so then, crazy. pretty much. This is stuff we've not heard on any dukan, by the way. I don't know why you guys. No, are. This levels, I love this. <laughs> this I love le this levels, stuff, levels. No, I love this, this is really interesting. Sorry, go ahead, OT. Yeah, you're talking about um, you taking micro and macro data, right? Because from one end, it's it's your biological data, but then mm -hmm. also, as you're saying, get collecting data on a macro level of different people that are within a 95, 90 percent accuracy rate to your body type, weight, uh, ethnicity, etc. But then. Over time, that builds a certain uh, trend, mm. right, or a certain graph that becomes measurable. Mm. So, is it? My question is that: is it that? Is it only going to be in terms of biomedia, or it could be anything that you can actually use that data for? Okay, I mean, that was the first one because I felt like it was a sexy answer, right? So I went with that. <laughs> but, but, but the next thing, I mean, if you want to look at something that's going to come at the same speed, if not a bit quicker, is automotive media, right? Oh Self, yeah, yeah. Self-driving cars. Right, I right. Got, I, yeah, it's I got, Right, it's already here. Yeah, it's here. I got, I, I was, I was out for, um, 
I was out for dinner about six months ago with one of my girls and she was like, oh, my dad got uh, uh, the, the update for the firmware for the Tesla. I was like, cool, what's it do? She goes, the car's self-driving. I was like, what in actual nice. God's name are you talking about? And she goes, the firmware updated and now the car drives itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. the car has a sensor. Now, it doesn't have the same sensor that we have, an optic sensor, like our eyes. It has another sensor that can sense how far it is away from the car in front. And ultimately, if a car realizes that you're going from five meters to four meters to three meters to closeness in the car in front, the same way your eye re- understands it and goes into your brain and then your brain tells your foot what to do and brake, a car can do that at a much faster speed. And if every car is self-driving, then every car knows where every other car is, which means you're guaranteed to not crash into another car or drastically improve that data set to a higher level of accuracy than a human being. I remember I was told at high school, like the reason why all car accidents, 99.99% of car accidents occur because two cars try to occupy the same, try to occupy the same space at the same time. Of course. <laughs> makes sense. Right? Yeah, yeah, it just makes sense. It's just, <laughs> and if there's, a, if there's a data set that yeah. stops two cars from occupying the same, same square space, footage yeah. at the same time, like there's an algorithm that will prevent them from doing that. Even if the two drivers want to crash into each other, but the car will be like, this is not best for you, then these cars will stop crashing. Okay, man, like with all this happening, right? I'm like, I don't know how to frame this this idea. I don't have the language for it, but it's like the human being, the human beings functioning in the world is separate from this conversation. We're talking about pure data and, and uh, tools that are supposed to improve the human being's life. But it seems like the human being's life is becoming about the tools itself. You understand what I'm trying to say? Like we're we're it, we're dedicated more to the technology than the technology is dedicated to us. Do you feel so that, that like, am I completely is there like a off? Dependency? I I don't know how to frame this idea. I I think that, and we have to remember that we live. You know, currently we are living in one of the most exciting cities in the world, which is Dubai. So we do go to our de- devices to make dependent decisions about which restaurant to go to is the metro going to be faster than an uber is an uber right. going to be cheaper than a kareem is a kareem going to be a nicer car than a yellow taxi yeah we do but i wouldn't say that we're dependent on it i think in our bubble there are different levels of dependency say the same thing to a farmer in india or a farmer in africa who's got a 19 or 25 dollar basic android phone and in that android phone he's getting information about when the water is coming when the rain is coming information that he never had before the way that your mind was blown when i said to you that you can get a full teardown of what your body is currently doing from the from the from the future devices that are coming online that's mind-blowing for you it's equally mind-blowing for that farmer in india or africa to know when the rain is coming because if he puts the if he puts the seeds out and the rain doesn't come for nine days and those seeds dry up and die then if he'd known that the rain was going to come you know if, the, if he knew the rain was going to come nine days later, he might hold on to those seeds in a safe, in a, in a dry place and put them out the day before the rain comes. Dramatically different. Dramatically affects how much he's able to earn, how, much, how many crops he's able to grow and sell, and how much he's able to feed his family. Um, speaking of which, so, I mean, all, all of this is going to also disrupt employment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Similar to the farmer, the farmer, I don't know how, maybe his work could be automated as well. Who knows? You know what I, mean? I think we're going to see a lot more waiters and waitresses. I think right. you see a lot more, a lot more of it happen to hotels and, and restaurants than before you and 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 you know industries like that. Then you're going to see it happen in farms and places. You know, especially in developing economies where the infrastructural cost of that technology is a lot higher. Explain that a bit more. So please. what I mean is that before you find 
uh, a young African dude or a young Indian dude who's got a patch of land that he's farming, mm -hmm. losing his job to a robot because somebody has to pay for that robot. You know, they're going to have to pay $100,000, $200,000 for that robot for a small piece of land. That yield is better served on a Nando's when certainly in the UK, the system is you get to the door. Somebody says, hey, have you been to Nando's before? You go, yes, I have, because most people that go to Nando's have been there before. They go and grab a stick. They tell you what your table number is. They walk you to your table. You then stand up from that table and walk to the counter and order your food. And then when the food is ready, one person comes and drops the plate of food on your table. At the same time in the UK today, there is a Nando's app, which you pull out. It's got the full menu. You select the dishes that you want. You hit pay and it's paid for. And all you've got to do is go to the restaurant and pick the food up. The difference between those two scenarios is that one is for takeaway, the other one's for sit-in. But the data joins the two. Let me give you the scenario that they're going to move towards. I mean, I'm not saying that they've announced this, yeah, yeah. but you can see this logical path moving forward for businesses like Nando's, okay? You go to the front of Nando's. You don't need to be asked, have you been there before? You don't need to be taken to your table because the restaurant recognizes that you've been there before and the restaurant recognizes how many people are in your party or you've already put it inside the app and then the app tells you head over to table 17. You sit down, you all order the food you want on your app, a robot brings the food over, it places it on your table and everything is done. There's no cash involved. I mean, how much more difficult is it to pay for, you know, chicken and chips and a veggie pitta than it is to pay for a cab on Uber? Mm. And instead of in scenario A where you go there and pick it up, in scenario B you're sitting in the restaurant and you really need close to no human contact whatsoever. Yeah, that's, that's, I've seen a, a couple of uh, Japanese restaurants experimenting with these robotics. Yeah. Uh, if there's one actually that was pretty interesting where they – how it works was that you'd actually – you'd walk in and off a, a digital screen that had the menu on it, you just choose – whatever platter you wanted and the quantity mm -hmm. and that's about it within a couple of minutes that gets rolled out yeah right it's fresh it's ready for you to eat to cook and you pay there's a robot by the cashier this mm. is where you actually pay and the robot is just there in case you need change if you're paying with a card you don't even need to address the mm. robot's existence mm -hmm. right and you just pay with your card you got your food and you walk out and it it's a small shop mm. the rest is just an automated kitchen in the back that you don't even get to see. Hmm. So actually, now they've just ex they've excluded everybody. There's no human interaction. Right. It's it's just look. It's the same. I've I, since Uber started. I've used Uber in San Francisco, Los Angeles. I don't know where else. Uh, London, Nairobi, Nairobi for Christ's sake. Whoa. Nairobi, the place where you will not go out. Okay, unless you've got unless you've got a local with you who knows how to get from A to B, the safest place after dark. And that's been a problem since the beginning of time because my parents are Kenyan, so I know yeah, what the yeah, dangers yeah, are. African, uh, yeah, Indian, yeah, yeah, African yeah. Indian. I know what the dangers are. And now, last a few months back, when I went to Nairobi, I see the Uber's working, and now I can go from one uncle's house to another uncle's house without Uncle A, the first one, having to drive me to the second uncle's house because Uber just comes and picks me up from the security gate and takes me across town. Now, was I nervous? Yes. I made a video on Facebook and I was like, hey guys, I'm in the back of an Uber cutting across <laughs> Nairobi at like one o'clock in the morning and I can't lie, I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah. But, you know, there we go. That, that's the kind of change, that's the kind of disruption that, that exists today and, and it's existing in emerging <laughs> markets and, and established markets and that's the world that we live in. And that really excites me, dude. 
Mm. Like I can't, you know, as a guy who wrote his, as a guy who wrote a thesis on mobile commerce in 2000 and submitted it in 2001, and that thesis was called M-Commerce, a revolutionary opportunity to get into the pockets and minds of consumers, where I'm talking about apps and mobile payment and all this other stuff, seven, eight years before the iPhone comes out, to see it come into fruition is my career I told you so moment. And that's the reason why I'm so happy because it's just a moment of clarity. It's like a mo- it's like it's like closure for me on what I always knew was going to happen in the industry, and that's why I'm building these these businesses to try and take advantage of that. Um, speak a bit about your businesses. What are you into? Yeah, so I wanted to jump in on that because um, I've seen what's it called your content uh, your your agency. Yeah, being it shape shifted. I think a couple of times in the past few years, right? Yeah. Um, so the, I actually wanted to get. I mean, after you address. Airshad, just I'm really intrigued to know what's the direction it's taking now with all this knowledge that you've gained. I, th- I think so. What what the company did in terms of shape shifting is, you know, I I spent a bit of time working for a publisher in Los Angeles, and there's a much longer story before that. But I spent a bit of time working for a publisher in Los Angeles, and that allowed me to figure out. Um, how the digital technology world worked. So I was around the Facebooks of the world. I was around the MySpaces of the world. And when that got sold to The Guardian, I was able to get a a little payout from that sale of that company. And I decided when I was sat on a beach in Australia that, you know, I want the thing I enjoyed the most about my whole career, and it was a long career ahead of that, that that involved making, you know, YouTube videos and, and, and doing MySpace content and DJing. I decided that the thing I enjoyed doing the most was creating content. And I'm lying on the beach and I'm like, I like creating content. I wish I could just create content for a job. I, it's not in my particular agenda to go and build a big business and hire five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people. I want to be some sort of agent. I know that sales is my forte. And I want to sit between the brands and the producers and, and make this content happen. I need some sort of agency to create content. I need some sort of creative content agency. And then it clicked and I jumped up and I was like, hallelujah, that's the moment. I went from the beach back to the, um, back to the hostel in Australia, registered creativecontentagency.com or look, looked online for the URL. And then as soon as I got back to England, that's how we started. We started that business, ironically, as a podcasting business. And YouTube went no from way. yeah, it started no. off as a, yeah, interesting. In two thousand and three, two thousand and four, <laughs> two thousand and five, I had a whole bunch of uh, white papers on podcasting and how to do it. But at that time, hosting content online was very, very expensive. You had to upload it to a server, take that sh- server URL, make it part of an RSS feed. The RSS feed was then got caught by a podcatcher, and then you could either download it to PC. You know, it was pre-smartphone, so it was a difficult space. And all the attention, all the kind of sexy energy, is moving forward, moving towards the fact that Google have just bought this other tech startup called YouTube and everyone I mean if you go back 10-12 years Google was the laughing stock of the tech industry because everyone was like why have you bought this stupid company YouTube do you not realize the fundamental part of this company's business model is that they will store video for free on servers and Google will have to pick up the tab for running those servers so anyway it started working people love the idea of putting videos online for free I then shifted my business and shape-shifted it, as Omar said, towards making video content. As a result of that, it was still creative content. I was learning how to storytell. I was pitching it to corporate companies, got laughed out of companies for two, three years, four years. And then all of a sudden, and I'm talking about, again, the companies that I tried to get in the first place, like the KPMGs and the Accentures and the Lewis Silkins, they're all like, get out of here, you're stupid. And then, and then the Facebook movie came out. And I know the Facebook movie isn't accurate. I know that's been highly debated, right? I get that. But what it did for culture and what it did for society, for what it did to cheerlead and, and make a hero of Mark Zuckerberg, 
was amazing because then after that all the news shows started saying give us your opinion by tweeting us on hashtag what you know da, 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 mm. or using our at symbol all the ceos that, w- that i was pitching and all of the cmos and, and pas that i was pitching afterwards were like oh my god this social media thing is becoming quite serious this facebook movie did quite well all these tv shows that i watch at night like Newsnight and stuff like that are all using ats and cnn is using like talking about twitter and stuff like that they call me back in and then as a result of that we started producing content with companies that had originally kind of rejected us and that's basically that's the main shape shifts you know making content making content making content now working more at a strategic level to with CEOs to help them figure out what content to make without me necessarily having to be behind the camera or behind the microphone so the majority of what i do is help companies figure out what content should go into what platforms to address what audience to get what kind of reaction that will then lead to an uplift in brand or will lead to an uplift in sales I totally forgot what the question was. Yeah. I just, <laughs> you know what no, I mean? Uh, I get like, how'd you, so, why, how'd you, so uh, that's where you started. Where, where are you going next? But, um, so quick question on, on the, like now with the strategic consultation yeah. that you're doing with all these CEOs, um, is, is, is the market here up to speed on that? Because I feel like it, maybe it's a little different back in the UK where here it's still, there's this whole, um, this dinosaur mentality is kind of still there and slightly slowing it down. There's going to be a people's there's going to be a people's revolution when it comes to social media and I don't mean by Arab Spring what I mean is that when I'm walking around the streets right now and I'm seeing like 45-year-old Arab dudes and 50-year-old Arab dudes and 39-year-old Arab women and I'm talking about Arab because I mean people from the region okay forget the expats for a second that's not important what their their trends are, are are not what I'm talking about when I talk about the Arab regional population going all out on Instagram and Snapchat the way that they are, what's going to happen is businesses will either adapt or a new business will come along, do what an older business is doing, but do it on Snapchat and do it on Twitter and do it on Instagram and do it on all these other platforms and use Facebook targeted advertising and they'll take it away. Scenario A, you've got a sandwich store. Okay, the sandwich store sells great sandwiches, but the, the recipe of those sandwiches can be copied or improved on. The addressable market size, if all you're doing is putting your sandwich store in great locations, the addressable market size is people that walk past the sandwich store. Yeah, the geography of that area. Right, the and then the word of mouth that comes mm-hmm. from the food. But right now, if you own a burrito store or if you own like a sandwich store and on the end of every single burrito that you put out, you just put a little sticker when you seal the paper. You know when you wrap, wrap a sandwich or a burrito in paper and you seal it with a square mm-hmm. sticker, a big square sticker. Look, Omar, I'm showing you here the size of this business card. Yeah. If that square sticker yeah, just has that. your Snapchat QR code on it, mm. that speaks to people on Snapchat. And there are so many people in the region on Snapchat. Do I think the people are behind? Do I think there's dinosaurs in the market? When I've worked in big agencies, have I seen backwards thinking? Yes, good. Those people will die. Those mm. people will die. We call them dinosaurs <laughs> because subconsciously we know that those people are on a highway to hell. Mm. And other people like me and like Omar and like you will come along and be like, this is the way things are done. And even if we don't come along as business leaders and say, this is the way things are done, we will say, this is the way I want to be communicated to. Do not put a flyer through my door. I love certain brands, okay, in the, U- in, in, in the UAE. I adore Takado more than any other food place. Yeah, They're the this. only people who got a burrito <laughs> almost right. Yeah, they are. I love what they do. I love what they do. I never, ever, 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 ever ever want to get one of those door hangers from them on my apartment telling me what burritos they have ever what i want is when i wake up in the morning and i rub my eyes and my eyes go from blurry to focused and i open my snapchat 
that they've got a story about what they're doing that day. That's how I want to be communicated to. And if they don't do it, or if Raw Coffee doesn't do it, then somebody else will and take it's gonna their spot. It's going to come along and do that, yeah. Right. Um, kind of in the same vein, but also a bit different. Um, you exist in an artist space as well, because you were a DJ kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, right. What I'm curious about is now, with all these changes, disruptions, and all this type of thing, what's the future of artistry? Do you have an opinion on that? I, I think it's as infinite as it always was. But then you said the attention is on tech and businesses. Businesses and art, artistry are kind of in, in two different lanes, although they meet and, and share kind I of... I don't know. I don't know. If you ask Steve Jobs, it was his art, right? It was his, it, was his, it was his eye that was one of the drivers of the business that made, and his ability to storytell, which is also an art, that made that business one of the most valuable companies in the world. His products are beautiful. The way that you learn about the products and the way that you fall in love with the products over a period of time and build a dependency with them is all done through art and through beauty. So I don't think they exist in separate paradigms. I think that they are... They're kind of closer now. Much closer. I, I think, if, in fact, I think that the opportunity to be inspired by art is as high as it's ever been. How is somebody in Somalia going to know that skinny jeans and long T-shirts is the thing to wear unless they're able to follow oh, a hipster yeah. kid from Williamsburg, Brooklyn... On Snapchat. Yeah, of course. How is he going to know? Well, he knows now because he has access to the thing. Because he has access, if they have, yeah. If they provide infrastructure, then they're going to have more access. Right, exactly. Exactly. And I, and, I, and I think that the future of artistry is amazing because artists, I'm an art, I consider myself an artist, and I know it's kind of like there's nobody who can say that without sounding like an idiot, but an artist exists between inspiration and audience feedback. That's where an artist exists. An artist exists, you think about every creative thing you've ever done, there was inspiration that went into you and an audience it went to. And I think there has never been more inspiration in the world than there is today. And there has never been a bigger potential to build an audience than there is today. So therefore, if artistry sits in the middle, if creativity sits in the middle and it's getting tremendous amount of supply, and tremendous amount of demand, then naturally that is the rising tide that raises all the ships because you're winning on both sides. And the internet allows us to do that because we can communicate with each other and share art at warp speeds. When your man sends you a text and it's got a joke in it, art. When you see an Instagram image from somebody you've never met from the other side of the world, art. When you get all these new, even, okay, let's, let's go super meta now, right? You see all these new apps where you can rap, rap chat and stuff like that. Rap, rap. rap yeah, as well. Mm-hmm art it's it's uh it's like so we, earlier we were saying jack of all trades yeah and so an artist is also now, now has to be a jack of all trades they're they're kind of they're an artist but they're creating a product a product or service or some kind of thing adding value to people in a different way it's not just because uh will i am explain this is like mu- it was not that people are paying for music they were paying for the cd that has music mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. when the cd got removed mm. the value of music dropped you know, Raj, tell him, tell him about the, the, the DJ MK cassette. Exactly. DJ MK, you know, amazing dude. You should follow him online. Um, he's, a, he's a DJ from the UK, from London. And he is also a DJ for Dizzy Rascal and, and has been touring for many years. DJs with another guy called Shorty Blitz. Uh, I was with Shorty a few, oh, few days Shorty ago. Oh, I met Shorty Blitz a couple of years ago. Yeah, cool uh, dude. Yo, that's my man. I, I love that dude, man. That's, that's one of the most... And actually, before we, yeah. get into, before we get into MK, Shorty Blitz, like EZ, is one of the DJs where as a DJ, you, you only really react 
a couple of ways when you see another DJ. One is that you see that DJ and you feel inspired and you want to go home and get better. Okay, here's how you react when you see a good DJ. You either go home and you practice and you're like, that DJ inspired me to become a better DJ. And then there are other DJs like EZ and like Shorty Blitz, which make you want to go home and throw your turntables out the window and quit. <laughs> because you're like, yeah. that level of talent, oh, <laughs> might, we might never be, I might never be able to reach that level of talent. Mm. Like it's obnoxiously good. I think I, I was I was lucky maybe because I wasn't a DJ I was MC yeah. at that time, yeah. so I got to MC alongside and that was all man. Surely Blitz is an animal. I don't think he's a human being. Honestly, I, and, and that's my friend, and I hope he doesn't take offense at me calling him an animal. But he's just he, you know, him and EZ, and they they come from di they come from different worlds, and 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 thank God like that they found their talent, and they were able yeah. to do what they do. But the story about MK, you know, MK was putting out mixtapes for a long time, and. Because I was a, a fan of his, I'm lucky enough to be his friend as well, but because I was a fan of his, when he put out a USB mixtape, I bought the USB mixtape because it was a chance to take something that was digital and make it physical, make it into an artifact. The packaging. The packaging. And here's, the, here's what happened with the music industry, to your point about Will I Am, Ishad. Because the CD is, is the packaging, right? The music industry was good at selling CDs and vinyl and cassettes. It was not good at selling music. It was right. good at selling the vessel... That the that it was good at selling the media the that cups. the music was printed into. Yeah. But once the media went away, because digital came along and disrupted it, and disrupted it in a savage way savage by having way. five to six <laughs> years, <savage> five <laughs> to six years of piracy. Oh my god! Everybody was guys, just fucked it up. <laughs> the, the, the Napster years was the looting years. Yeah, Napster man. was like walking down every street, walking down a street that was infinitely long. Every store was a music store and every store had no staff in it yeah. and unlimited songs of every single song that you wanted. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened and that's what caused the music industry to step up. So the music industry has always been good at selling the, the media that the music is printed onto but not selling the music itself. And that's the reason why people like Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre have, have diversified Diversity. and gone into you know curated uh, song lists and apps and, and obviously making more and more money from merchandise and shows and, and all those industries have evolved whilst the printed version of the music media has, has fallen. So how is music sold now? You know, I don't know if it is sold. It's not sold, right? It, it's monetized. Like, when you say sold, like, can I give you a piece of music and in return you give me a piece of money? Not gonna it happen. kind of exists on iTunes a little bit and Bandcamp and services like that. But in reality, it's the value of the music comes from the opportunity to hear that person live or learn what else it is that that person does. If ASAP Rocky does a catwalk, show tomorrow in Dubai featuring only Dubai um, brands like Amongst Few are you going to go to that? Of course. Right. Does that mean that you're going to put your hand in your pocket and buy, buy his music? No. But will you still listen to his music? Yes. Look at, look at the weird texture of what I'm saying. You'd pay look, for the ticket to go to the event. You'd pay for the yeah of course. You're more likely today to spend $300 to go for a private dinner with ASAP Rocky you and four other people where you can get into it for three hours than you are to go and buy 200 singles of his for $1.50. Both, both net out at 300. Hmm. But are you going to buy the next 200 singles that ASAP Rocky puts out for $1.50 or are you just going to be like, I know what I need to experience from this person. I'll pay 300 for a VIP dinner at the top of the Burj Khalifa to sit with this man for three hours and learn about fashion and music. And you can take ASAP out and you can put somebody else in. You can put Kendrick in. You can put J. Cole in. You can put Drake in. You can put whoever you want in. The way that you monetize the value of the brand uplift that that person's art has given them has changed. And it's not just restricted to it's music. It's a mindset thing that has to change now, isn't it? Yeah, I think people just need to stop complaining.
Honestly, I just think people need to stop complaining. Give me an example of what do you think people are complaining about that shouldn't be complained. Like, I had, you know, when you had Mo City on here as well, and that's a dude that I've only, like, shook hands with here and there, right? I think he's a super interesting guy. When you had Mo City on here as well, there's a lot of discussion about, like, local talent and things of that nature. Like, I, I, I heard some stuff in there that made me think to myself, yeah, it's kind of a negative outlook. The reality is, mark my words, if you never see me again, Dubai is going to win. Dubai is going to win. It's going to win at music. It's going to win at fashion. It's going to win at automotive. Because it just takes time. They've built this city in like 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. They've built this city in 43 years, okay? And the noticeable stuff that people talk about has been mostly in the last 15 years. This city is going to win, okay? We are too busy focused, or or what I hear is too busy focused on how can we have our own authentic hip-hop scene here. We don't need that. The authentic scene comes after... You come up with a song that's like Will's... Okay, the places that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Miami. Where's the anthems? I'm in Miami, trick. Okay. Drives tourism, drives traffic. Okay? Uh, uh, Will Smith, Miami. Drives traffic, drives tourism. Gives the local butcher, baker, and candlestick maker a chance to make some money. And off the back of that new revenue coming in, artists see a shot to produce a poster for that butcher, baker, and candlestick maker. And as a result of that... Things go up, and that will happen here. It when will happen here. When people start talking about Dubai in the in the art, yes, the conversation not, not, about Dubai in the art. Dubai, Dubai needs to, Dubai needs and will build flagships of everything. Why do people talk about Dubai when it comes to architecture? It has a flagship. It has two Burj Al Arab and Burj Khalifa, two flagships. That's I'm in Miami trick, and Miami, by Will Smith. So if you can get two flagship buildings in architecture, you can get two flagships in everything else. We now have a Monk's View clothing. It's going to be interesting to see who their biggest competitor is. Now you've got two flagships. You've got this podcast. It'll be interesting to see which other Omar and which other Irshad are in another room right now listening to you, listening to this podcast, you know, either inspired or scheming, depending on how you want to set it up, thinking, I want to be the next those guys. Yeah. And it's going to happen for music. It's going to happen for anthems. You've got the Rove Hotel that's just opened. Mm-hmm which is capped at 100 US dollars. Well, it's kind of like the average price will be 100 US dollars and someone could throw a banana off Burj Khalifa and hit you in the head at the Rove Hotel. It's that close. Like, it's going to happen. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so this is interesting because, like, your outlook is very... I'm not going to say positive. It's not just positive because I've seen positive people are just talking positively. You're not talking positively. You're, I'm reading you're, the you're, trends. You're, seeing, you're talking opportunity. Yeah. You're talking... I'm st- seeing the trends. I know that this is going to work out if I move this way, if people move this way, yeah. X, Y, Z. So yeah. that's a mindset. That's why no, I was the, saying. The people are moving. If, du- if Dubai was like Dubai was six years ago when I first started coming in here to hang out, I mean, I've been coming here for 15 years, but I've been coming here at a super high frequency for the last six years. Mm-hmm. If, if Dubai was like it was six years ago, I would say that Dubai was trying to be like New York. Okay? DIFC, pinstripes, uh, you know, the Wall Street, Wall Street it was trying to be like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Now walk around Dubai on a weekend, okay? Organic coffee, gluten-free muffins, okay? Yoga on the beach. It's gone from New York to San Francisco in six years. And it's missed all the rubbish in between. It's missed all the gang violence in the Midwest. It's missed all the backwards thinking in the South. I mean, this is broad generalizations about America versus America. It's just got the best of everything. Okay, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's got, it's picking up on what works. And eventually it will pick up on what works in music. And there will be music. Guys, example, 2003, 2002, I went to Toronto. The hottest rapper in the world today 
is from Toronto, at least for the whole generation of people in their 20s, mm -hmm. which is a very, very important demographic. Mm -hmm. From 12 years old to 30 years old, that demographic in hip hop is the sweet, the sweet spot demographic, okay? They all adore Drake. When I was in Toronto, aside from Cardinal Official, shout out to him, that's my man as well, I would have not thought that, that Toronto would ever, 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 Producer. ever, ever become a flagship city. Tourism is driven to Toronto because people want to go to the six. People want to go to the six because Drake is from there. England, guys, I'm, 30, I'm about to be 36 years old in three weeks. When I was growing up in the 90s, listening to ODB, listening to Nas, listening to Fushnikins, listening to De La Soul, every single rapper that was coming up in the UK, for the most part, for the most part, was rapping in an American accent. Okay, they appropriated the culture and 15 years later, 15 is not much time, it's one third of the life of Dubai at the moment, more than one third of the life of the UAE at the moment. In 15 years time, we've given the world, no, forget that, from 1998 to let's say 2003, along comes Dizzy Rascal. Mm -hmm. 10 years later, we have Skepta. Mm -hmm. Skepta shutting down dances across the world. It's going to happen. Be patient. Flag fly. Tell everybody on this podcast, you need to come to Dubai. The people that I'm thinking about bringing to Dubai soon, my tech homies and my friends, watch what happens when I bring them. You see, you see me on Facebook hanging out with Robert Scoble, the biggest tech blogger in the world. I'm flag flying for the city because the better the city does, the better I do because I, because I like the city. I recognize the opportunity that's here. And you'll see me just as much rolling around with him as you'll see me rolling around with a shorty blitz that's as a, a fat man scoop. A it's just a hustler's mindset. Make it work. If you can't look around this city and see the streets are paved with gold and not make that work, then you are vastly underestimating how bad the rest of the world's got it. Talk to me more about a hustler's mindset. A hustler's mindset is taking the current situation that you have and convincing people that you can make that situation better. That's a hustler's mindset. Seeing an opportunity and getting everybody else to buy into that opportunity. A hustler's mindset is getting people to buy into the future that you see and how that benefits you and how it benefits them. That's a hustler's mindset. I need people to come here. I want more. I want to bring as many people. I want to bring, I would love to bring Gary Vaynerchuk here. I would love to bring Tony Shea here. I would love to bring all the people that I've met or shook hands with, Kevin Rose, and bring them out here and be like, listen, guys, you need to see what's going on. Let's go to the crib in our cruise and check out the incubator that's over there. Let's go to, you know, a bunch of different places and find out what's going on. Let's hit the streets. That's that hip hop hustler mentality. Let's go to all these spots. Let's know what the difference is between what consumers are looking for in Abu Dhabi and Al Ain and, you know, everywhere, JBR. Like, let's figure it out. Let's bring that innovation. Let's disrupt it. There's an article you wrote on February 28th or something. You, you call it a pre-bedtime Facebook status run on employing yourself. Yeah. And in here you talk about... He's got it on his phone. That's yeah, so yeah. dope, yo. Thank you for that. <laughs> I was reading it on the way here. Oh, I appreciate uh, that, man. 18 hour, it was after an 18-hour day. You took a photograph in the mirror. Yeah. And you're reflecting on, I've just worked so damn hard. Yeah. And I'm sleeping after a time where everybody's already going to sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you say, I employ myself. This isn't, this isn't some be your own boss type of thing. You can't boss yourself around. So be, employ yourself. And you say... Um, I, I wasn't a promoter, I booked a venue and became one. I wasn't a DJ, I bought turntables and press play. I wasn't an interviewer, I grabbed a camera, started talking. I wasn't a consultant, I found a client and offered some ideas. The point being, with creativity, just make up the parts that are missing in your head and give yourself the job. Stick by it. I'll stick by it. 
I like you, that. How'd you get to this point? What was that day like? How'd you? What was that like? Because if you've been kicked around as much as I've been kicked around, like if you get rejected from three McDonald's, you have to start thinking outside the box, <laughs> right? If you can't get a job, <laughs> McDonald's, man. Yeah, McDonald's, man. And and the, and the thing is, and I don't know if it was a racist thing or what it was. I don't want to. I don't want like a court case from McDonald's about you know about race or whatever. But like, I don't know what the reason was. Let me be clear about that. But I know that if I went to a, an interview in a suit because my Indian dad made me put a suit on to go and get an interview at McDonald's, and a whole bunch of other kids from my school showed up in like shirts and t-shirts and all that kind of stuff, and they all got jobs and I didn't. I was like, hang on a second, I'm something is wrong. Something ain't right here. Either something is wrong or something ain't right. Like, and I need to do something about it. And I need to make sure that my brand and my equity and my talent is applicable to the market without a gatekeeper, without a stakeholder sitting in front of me. And that's the reason why I work as hard as I work. Even to this day, this week, I've got a camera following me around, right? This whole week, I've thrown a party in Mintleaf, in the IFC, overlooking the city. I've spoken at Emirates Academy. I've spoken for MENA speakers. Today I'm here at this podcast. I've been taking back-to-back meetings, seven, eight-hour editing sessions. Like, what else have we done? You can speak. Like, what else have we done? Meetings at the surf club. Yeah, just back, back-to-back meetings. We need to go here. We need to go there. We need to talk to this guy. We need to go... Yeah, I mean, that's not obviously not as gangster as what I was hoping to share. Like, you know what I mean? Dude, you yeah. thought we were recording the podcast three days ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I rang here three days ago and I was like, yeah, I'm coming through. Like, it's, you know, just, just put, in, put in the work in, dude. Treating Dubai like it's... Treating Dubai like it's 1997 and I'm getting rejected from McDonald's here. That's why I'm going to win. Because I'm treating a land of opportunity like I am the last guy in the queue. That's how. That's it. And we're going to look back at this content and we're going to look back at this interview. And, and you know, and, yo, we don't need to look back. Omar, when we first met, yo. and firstly, let me say this because it was the first thing I wanted to say because I thought Omar would be here. Um, I am so proud of you, dude, for doing this. And I really respect this effort that you're putting in because this is part of the change that I always knew was going to come. So you guys as a team, I salute Hello. you. But I want you to know... If the things I'm saying today, if the words are different, the sentiment and the tone and the belief is exactly the same as when we were sitting down and doing that first project at the agency. Yes or no? Yes. It's the exact same. That's it. I, I got to admit. That's, it the, hus- that's you, the hustler's you mentality. You'll never see me any other way. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I don't care. Yo, you know what? <laughs> uh, did, did I send you that? Um, the, the, the social media DJ business card you had? Yeah, and I'm gonna win because I've lost so Dude, much. I gave this I guy a card for the life of me. When you kept telling me, like, I'm sure we've met before. I'm like, I have no recollection. And then it turned out we we had you on radio. Yeah, I was on radio, and 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 Omar and I met. I mean, I, when I saw the dude, I felt like I don't know. I feel like I've hung around with this dude. But when you move around as much as I do, you collect yeah, a lot of faces people, in yeah, your yeah. mind, right? Yeah. So we even yeah, spent yeah, some time yeah. like working at Leo Burnett together, right? And um, and he pulls out this card like. X amount of weeks or months later, it's got a picture of me that I took when I was did a show in Prague or somewhere like that. And it had like hashtag social media DJ because I was trying out. I wanted my thing to be, I wanted my like kind of alter ego to be like some sort of social media DJ. So I was hoping if I put the hashtag on my business cards and I give it to inherently social people that they'll be like, I just met Raj Katech at Raj Katech, the hashtag social media DJ. Guess what? Guess how many people did it? Zero. I'm holding my index finger and my thumb together and I'm making a zero. I failed. Failed, you know, and that's a big failure. Like, it's not the thing that's to me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. what, I'm going to go and get a job now. Yeah. But like, it's like it's, yeah, and that, that's why I know I'm going to win because I picked up a whole bunch of like mistakes along the line. But it's nothing that takes me off the track. 
You know what I mean? Because, because, and again, I am one of the boats on the rising tide. When the tide is rising, when you look at Dubai between now and 2020 and 2021, and you look at what's happening here and you look at the trends, okay, even with oil prices, even with, you know, some of the, some of the wild stuff that's going on in the region around us, even with all that, if you're not involved in any of that and you're involved in the stuff that's moving upwards, you're going you're gonna to be successful here. And that can take a million routes. Food. Look at Takado. I mean, not to, not to be like Takado's number one cheerleader, right? But like, yeah. they, they opened six units last year. <laughs> six units. Jamaican food is coming as well. Jama- you know that Ting Iri? Yeah, yeah. Um, I need to, we, I, there's like several now, Jamaican gems. Yeah, yeah there's, and but all of those are the, what I, I've been calling them like the social restaurants. Hmm. Right? What do you because mean? they're, meaning like, you know, when, when the, the e-commerce era kicked off, there was this whole debate about being having your business online versus a brick and mortar store, right? Mm-hmm. And now the same thing is happening to some degree with restaurants where they're all existing online first, right? Like Miss Lily's has still not opened shop in Dubai. Miss Lily's DXB like has been on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and Snapchat for like over a year now since Soul DXB or before Soul DXB actually. And they've been pushing that content because you know what? Now when this restaurant is up and running you're already a fan and you're already part of the conversation and you're already expecting it. And they've built this whole ecosystem around it. And Takaro has kind of has done the same thing. I've heard about Takaro off of social media from empty and amongst few. Mm. And then the first time I've seen them and tried their food was when um, amongst few had a, a film screening. Mm. The Tupac one, that, right? Yeah. I was there. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it just picked up from there. Now it's at the IFC, and you got the food trucks and all these things happening. So it was—it's kind of like that movement where it just shifted, and now they're playing that card of we need to be on social. And you know, like Mo, Mo sorry, forgive me. Like Mo said, you should get Dan Greenpeace on here, and you should also get the CEO of uh, the founder of Takado on here because you'll be surprised. You'll see this dude walk in. He's, you know, he's, he's not—he's not a teenager, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And he'll walk up in here, and he's one of the most authentic hip hop dudes you'll meet. And I'm talking about tens of thousands of vinyls from back in the day and making stuff happen for the city and for the culture here and when you really when you oh, really sweet. get when you really get at a kind of like cellular dna level investigating these dudes you'll see why the market's shifting i hang i've hung around with that dude i've hung around with dan greenpeace i see the people that are bringing you know the, the people that are, that are making the change i'm here today with you for that reason not so much for you to interview me because i can listen to the sound of my own voice all day mm. i'm here to learn what you guys are doing I'm in the streets, and at the same time, two weeks ago, I'm with, I'm, I'm doing a shoot with, actually, I don't know, he's, he's so big in the city that I don't even know if it's respectful to even say his name. And, and two weeks later, I'm on stage with Fat Man Scoop, rocking a crowd, talking about, if you got $100, you throw your hands. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that, that's, that's how real it is for me. That's how real it is for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be putting the effort in. I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be in the city and not getting to eat my mom's food and not getting to hang out with my dad and go for walks with him. And, you know, all, like, I wouldn't be here sacrificing all that stuff if I didn't think it was going to go down the right way in this city. Because I can go back to London and guess what? London's doing okay. London's yeah. doing just fine. Happens to be doing fine for hundreds of years. Right, right. right? And I'm here because I think there is something good happening here. And I'm prepared to take six months out of my year to be here and put time it's in. It's the timing, bro. Uh, something's changed in the last two, three years. For sure. Something really changed. You're so right. Because uh, I remember um, we, like, when, we, when we were doing music with the intention of getting across and really pushing forward, 
we were ahead of t- ahead of uh, our time. Not in the sense of like we're pioneering, but like Dubai wasn't ready. We didn't. The vibe wasn't right. But something in the last two years has changed, man. If you see what's going on, like what the f- everybody's doing something, and nobody's caring about like following the the hierarchies anymore. They're breaking the the mold and just doing their own thing. There's so many people just doing their own damn thing. You yeah. know what I mean? And I love that. So that's changing the vibe. This the 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 water is becoming different. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between there's a difference between effort and yield. Okay? okay. The effort you put into MySpace yield a return, yielded a return on Facebook and Instagram. The people that did well on social media the people that are doing well on social media today are the people that were doing well on uh, MySpace if they were of the right age to be on that platform I was on MySpace it kind of dictates at a conscious or subconscious level how I behave on Facebook okay when you were making music when you when you were doing those pause mixtapes you know where you just pause unpause yeah. pause unpause and you put mixtapes together that way that makes you a better DJ later in life when you play with vinyl so the time when you say you're ahead of your time you're not ahead of your time you, you were doing the right thing at the right time just because you didn't get the yield at that time the reason why you are where you are today is because you ex- you did that social media card, your version of it with your mm. raps or with mm. your whatever whatever art it was that you're putting out at the time. Mm. But if you stick with it, that's when the yield comes. I hate you motivational memes. It, yeah. yeah, I hate motivational memes. I think they're the worst thing in entrepreneurship at the moment. But yeah. what is motivational memes? It's a bit cheese ball, man. It's mixed <laughs> yeah. with new age. Yeah. Use oh, Deepak cl- Chopra yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about God. Yeah. Mm. But it's not real, you know what I'm trying to say. But the point, the point about the point about sticking with something is true. You know what I mean? Of course, I learned this the hard way, bro. It's yeah. real. It's really, really, really true. Consistency, yeah. man, and it takes courage to be consistent. Actually, it's all about courage. Mm. Really, you know what I mean? If you have the courage, you know, you, you see, you're talking about I will succeed. I will succeed. I will succeed. Uh, Muhammad Ali just died. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? There's a line when he was st- facing Sonny Liston. He said, "I was actually afraid to fight Sonny Liston." But if I didn't tell myself I'm the greatest and believe I'm the greatest, I would have never been able to convince the world I'm the greatest. Yeah. And I had to do that to myself first. Yeah. So when you're talking about I will win, I will win, you're putting your mindset where it needs to be. And, and there's a cost with that as well. What is the cost? That you polarize the people at large. Okay. I know so what my, you mean. So my cousin, Vic, who I'm... You know, who's helped me build up Love Soul to its to its highest heights as a DJing duo, which is the, the DJ duo that I'm part of with him. You know, he is the kind of person that can hear me rant about this kind of stuff. Okay, Arjun, who's filming right now for my for my YouTube channel, he can hear me rant. But there are people that just join you on Facebook or just join you on social media and go, "This guy is just too full of himself. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, like it, it. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like mm-hmm. it." So there's a cost to everything. Yeah, there, there is a cost. To, you can't walk around like me with this whole kind of like ozone layer of confidence about myself without upsetting somebody but it's more a reflection of where they are in their lives and they're that's projecting the it on thing. you that's the funny thing about it man. yeah that's the funny thing about it because you see somebody moving in a direction and then it causes you some feelings and you, yeah. you don't ask yourself why you have those feelings you just yeah push out the feelings man yeah it's yeah just like you, it reminds you, don't... you of the shit that you forgot to do yesterday <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean it's it's real talk man it's 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 crazy though it's real talk you know people that i think that's the absolute problem with the situation when when people do that i mean i don't know because obviously i'm on one i'm on one far end of the extreme but i think i think when people are like looking at people like me and saying you know what this guy is just full of bs like they need to ask themselves how much they were hugged as kids 
You know what I mean? Like, how much love did I get when I was growing up? Like, that's what they need to ask themselves because I got a lot of love. Like, you know, my parents were very, very encouraging to me. They let me not become a typical Indian pharmacist, doctor, lawyer, whatever. They they allowed me to go against the grain when everybody supportive, else in the community... Very supportive. Very supportive. Yeah, yeah. Even through the McDonald's, like... <laughs> through, the, through the McDonald's era, dude, I didn't get into McDonald's. I There was no, like, why, 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 what, what, really, or, yeah. yeah. When my grades came in, crap, my mom was like, did you do your best? I was like, I did. I was lying. I could have obviously mm. done better. But I was too busy, <laughs> I was too busy watching Fab Five Freddy and... Ed Lover and Dr. Dre watching your MTV Bro, raps. I think that has a lot to do with it. Your foundation comes from that type of place. You were never considered a failure, failure type thing. Nah, right? that, that label right? was never put on. Right? Me. Yeah, so yeah. That's, a, that's a really important thing. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I say, I say that to my, I mean, look, there's not to put anything out there, but I say that to, you know, to my girl at the moment as well. I'm like, look, I, when I say something outlandish and she like rolls her eyes, I'm like, yo, it's because, it's because I've lived a consequenceless life. I just don't get told off for the things that I say. No one's ever like slapped my wrist and been like, you can't say that. They probably just laugh and then be like, "Forget, we'll give this guy a pass." Mm. So, yeah, man, that's the situation. That's the situation. So, what you like? What, 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 why were you really excited to get involved uh, in this one? Because I've, I mean, here's the thing. Um, I met Raj back in what 2010 or 2011, right? And yeah. I don't remember meeting him because, <laughs> I mean, it's just because it was a very busy time for me, and. Then I met him again at a more stable environment, I guess, at Leo. And at that time, I just joined Leo about a few weeks right before that, like two, three weeks before that. And Raj and I just clicked. And I don't just connect with people easily, but the way he thought, the way he thinks, and the way I think we're very similar. So from that moment, we kind of just, we hit it off pretty well. And it kind of, I think, maybe bothered people around us because then we'd be talking about marketing and advertising and social media a minute and then getting into hip-hop a minute later and he's emailing me sending me like links to his mixes and we're talking like we keep switching conversations back and forth from advertising to music and it was just having somebody at that wavelength was amazing and then from that point you know like i knew this was an exciting guy and when we when the con started mm. he was probably one of the first people to hit me up And I, yo, appreciate we were, your support yeah. every step of the way, man. It yeah, really yeah. I mean, I was so I was so impressed, and it was, and I, I was, I was impressed, but ironically, it felt like a really natural move for, for, for this for OT, and and obviously as an extension, you know, the people that I've met through him, yourself, yeah. and, and and listening to the other dudes on the podcast as well. But sorry, OT, yeah, you were saying. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he hit me up, and um, I remember I think um, we were talking about, and you know, it's like he's, he's giving. I loved it. He was giving me advice on equipment. Right. This dude. Um, like, <laughs> this oh, was you know, this was a funny conversation. You remember that? Yeah, yeah this is this yeah, was a like, crazy oh, conversation. He's like, "Oh, you should get an H6 mic." I was like, "Yeah, I know. We already got that." He's like, "Oh, you know what you should do? You should actually get these kind of mics and try to find um the the way you should soundproof your room." I'm like, "Oh yeah, Firas is already on top of it. We got that taken <laughs> care of." He's like, "Oh, you know what you should do? You should be on these social media platforms. You should get a website done." I'm like, "Yeah, I bought the URL." I was like, "You should be you should be on Libsyn." He was like, "Yeah, done." <laughs> But you know, so like we we're just going back and forth, and then I think it was at my birthday, he gives me a call, and uh, we were talking. I think you were back in town at that time, and that was the time we planned the the session, mm. right? It took a long and, time to pull it off. Yeah, and and he called to wish me happy birthday. Like that's just a two minute call. We ended up being on the phone for like an hour, and what was uh, the parts that really stuck out with me from that conversation was. When I was telling you about how I met certain people and how I've been going out networking and I actually had something to offer and talking to people, telling them about the show, 
more and more people are willing to listen than Yo. me telling them, oh, I yeah. do radio or I'm in advertising. More people are willing to listen to me talk about the podcast. And Roger's like, you know what? What's amazing is that once you have something to offer people, right. they're more keen to listen and give you a time of their day. Because when you're talking to someone who spends 18 hours building a business or doing something they're passionate about, that 15-minute coffee for you might be nothing, but then for them is a very big deal out of an 18-hour busy day, right? Yeah. So that was one of the moments that really stuck. So, like, I mean, honestly, props, man. Like, you've been supporting this whole movement from day one, which is always, like, really excited to be part of the session. Nice. I couldn't be there physically. I had to be there on Skype. I'm like, yeah, I'm not missing out on this one. It's, yeah. it's funny. I love the, the, national, the national announced it's going to do a podcast and all these types of things. It's yeah. funny, man. Like, the timing of this... We just got the crest right? just just before it's 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 sort of building up now. Like more people are coming with podcasts, people yeah. are talking about this type of thing. It's yeah. crazy, man. Um, I, I've I've got a podcast. I, I I just before I signed this contract to start putting working out here in this region, I, I I recorded a podcast, and I kind of feel like, you know, I feel like it's like my skilo I wish record. Mm-hmm. Like I've got I've only recorded one podcast, <laughs> yeah. but this yeah. one podcast that I've recorded with a dude out here. And this one I won't give away because I want I want to hold on it. Mm-hmm. Could be major. Okay. Like it's one. It's, it's just, just one pod, one podcast with one dude from the region who, you know, I didn't know really at what scale he was, who he was. You know, I don't know who's a member of which family and blah blah blah. He's just he's just he's just just the homie that I just I'm got on with. Now. And uh, yeah, it's just just a dude that I got on with, and we went. You know, we covered uh, we covered. I mean. The, we, I will have to switch the mic stuff to tell you some of the stuff that we covered. Like we're talking like the the stuff that you see on CNN. Like oh, what? he went like that. Oh, we went, we went, we went life or death. Wow. Yo yo. After, oh, after, I'm after, really after, intrigued <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah. Life or death. Several wow. times. It's called the Raj Kotech like Show. That. It's coming out on iTunes. I might never do a second one, or if I do I do a that's second an interesting one. Interesting idea to do one. Yeah, I think this is a just very a intriguing idea. Yeah. Make one, market the f- out of it. Yeah, right. One, you, you like know, hold it, like make it the one, and then they'll wait for the next one. Let me I mean? let me tell you a source of where I get a lot of my confidence from. Right, I for me one is like a hundred. When I do one thing, you make it like a hundred. It feels like a hundred, and I'll tell you why. Because, or even two, because when people say you're not the biggest DJ in the world, I'm like true. But I DJ two Russell Peters after parties, the Mobo after parties twice. Like I did a birthday party, my birthday party for my twenty seventh, for my twenty eighth and thirtieth birthday, were on average five hundred people each for free. I did two or three parties at the Gherkin Building. It's a really crazy like building. Uh, you know, I've done all these things, and I only just need to do. I just need to sample it. I just need to get involved and and be like, okay, yeah, I've done it. And if I want to go all in on it, I'll go all in on it. And that's, I, I encourage people to do the same. You know, when people said to me, when I said to people, I'm starting a podcast, and I made a big deal of it like nine months ago when I was recording it. Everyone's like, well, make sure you're consistent. You know, you know, make sure you put lots of them out and make sure that you're mm-hmm. pumping it. Mm-hmm. And I've done one and then some business came along and I focused on the business. No, no, but I like this idea of one. I think it's I've done one. Like, what more do I need to prove? Exactly. Do I need to prove that I can do a million of them? When like, you do two, yeah. two's got to be better than one. Yeah. It's like you're dropping album steps. Yeah, it is. And it's not that I fear the sophomore curse of, of doing a follow-up podcast, but this first podcast that I'm going to put out is so major and it's going to cause so many ripples and the audience is pre-baked into the individual because he's just so such a great individual that I'm like, okay, well, I've done it. 
Like what more, Jay-Z, what more can I say? Right? You've, you sold out the garden once. You, you could do it again, but it takes exponentially more effort. And by that point, that first thing might have led to an opportunity in a different space. And you don't want to miss the opportunity in a different space. And because the market's moving so quickly, I mean, I started this business to become a podcast business. It then became a video business. Now it's a consulting business. Now I'm making a personal podcast for myself. You, you just never know. You, but I would tell people, like, don't get stuck. Like, don't get too hung up on it. If it feels right, do it. If it doesn't, don't. You know what I mean? You just got to be. That's, that's the authentic thing that you're talking about. That's how you're authentic with yourself. If you draw one masterpiece, just because the people tell you you have to follow it up with another masterpiece, yeah, yeah. what kind of emotional space does that put you in to create something a second time that then might stop you from creating something else where you could have made a much, where you could have been equally happy? Fair enough. Right? I, 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 no one's asking me, like, no one asked you what your happiness is. If you get a level of 10 happiness by doing a great podcast and a level of 10 happiness by making a beat on an NPC, and it's the same feeling to you inside your heart and soul, then, who, then why listen to people telling you you've got to do more of one? Creativity comes from the same place. If you look at my interview with the RZA when me and him are backstage in London, and he's like, you know, I, I write movie scores for Quentin Tarantino. I put out albums. I do this. I rhyme. I do all that. It all comes from the same place. This comes from the same place. Our creative energy comes from a place inside us that's a democracy. The, the creativity doesn't care where it goes or where it expresses it itself. The market says you need to be out here like doing X amount of podcasts or you need to be writing every single day. If you can, you should. Consistency will benefit you. But if you don't, don't stress yourself out over it. Enjoy what you're doing at that time. You know what I mean? Okay, well, you're off. You're leaving Dubai when? I leave Dubai in soon, dude. Like, I think in like 48 hours, I'll be in the air. Well, what's, what's next for you? Uh, this summer, I have a... Uh, I, I mean, it's... What's next for me is that I'm working in the travel and hospitality industry at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's an area which I knew very, very little about. Creative consultancy for them. Working on building content and stories around the CEOs and banking community that shape the hotel and restaurant industry. And what's next for me is mm. that I have seen some trends by producing content with these CEOs that I think warrants having a 365-day-a-year media channel. And I'm going to invest in that channel and I'm going to build that channel and see where that takes me and uh, try and get as much benefit and upside uh, for my client that is, that is backing this idea. Mm. And I'm going to take it global. There's no indicators in the market at the moment that says that I will fail. I'm, I'm prepared to because you have to be prepared to, but I feel like that's where I'm going to get a tremendous amount of success. Interesting. I hope. Inshallah, right? Inshallah, yeah. So, when are we going to see you back in Dubai, man? Uh, looks like shoots are getting booked. Stuff is coming into the schedule around September, which is great okay. because I know that the temperature will start coming yeah. down four, five, six degrees at that yeah. point. We might we might be like below forty at that point, which I'll take. I'll take that. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I hope to be back here in I hope to be back here in September with progress, with stories, with, with news, stories with stuff progress. to do. You yeah. know what I mean? And I expect the same from you yeah, guys. Yeah, book like, another couple of hours for September, man. Yeah, more, yeah, more, yeah like, you know, like part two, see where you're at, tell us what you saw. That'd be cool, actually. It'd be, it would be good. It'd be good to benchmark, like, yeah, uh, whatever the, frequency yeah, you yeah, think, yeah. Exactly. But I know, I know that when I go back to London, because, like, every city has a different chemistry, every city has a different energy. For me, the way the last year and a half and two years, when I've been moving back and forth like this, I feel like, for me, London is still a great city, you know, I've been talking big on Dubai and I don't want my, you know, the, I, I don't want my homies in, 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 in other cities like 
LA and New York and especially London where I'm, where I'm living for the other half of the year. I don't want them to think like I'm discrediting those cities. Mm-hmm. London's still amazing. I get a lot from that June, July, August, September period because for me it's like going home and charging the phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you you hit the streets. You go to you it's go to the art shows. About, it's like you know the, the the youth are out. The colors, everything, the, the, the vibes, vi- the vibes, the energy. You know, <coughs> one of the things that that Dubai that um that London has that that emerging cities do not have is it has a legitimate street culture. It has you're close to things like to like them. like like poverty, and you're close to things like 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 art and 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 forms of expression and for me as a creative person that then takes that energy and then funnels it into the corporate world I need that like I I can go to a you know to a Kendrick concert and the next morning feel inspired to write an article on diamond prices in West Africa and how that's affecting how many airports are being made in that part of the world it's all connected so I look forward to London and um and yes there should be some progress as a result of that and I've really enjoyed today, dude. Like I, I mean, this guy's been following me everywhere, yeah, and like, and we've been shooting a lot of content. And today has just been like, to me, it feels. Like I am ready to go back to London after doing the Dukan podcast because I feel like, I feel like I said what I need to say around people that I know get it. So, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for your time. I know you're like a guy who's moving a lot. We're gonna make a nice mix for you after this episode. Hey, thank you so much. Do you know what music is? Scars will remind you there's something else besides us in this universe. Harmonic connection between all living beings everywhere, even the stars. If I do get spanned, if I don't, so sometimes I will and sometimes I won't. Mad stink, crack a 40 down the back, sit fat and relax and plan my attack. Not the one that says I possess mad finesse. My boot, I was blessed, one bird in the nest. Chills with my deep, steady bouncing in jeeps on the New York street. Hitting urban concrete, I'm the man undetestable. With the extraterrestrial flow, 456 ELO, pop the top on the 40 ounce bottle. I'm not the one to follow, I'm not the role model. Tips in my clips, money gripping my clock Only spits when I react to the bullshit So give me room to breathe and get up off these And save the confessions for Jesus Plus I don't need to hear no sorrow Effort, the sun will still come out tomorrow Long as I'm breathing, needing Even like Steven, achieving Getting some cheesing, representing lovely Boogie down Bronx Major With the project flavor of Asia, Asia My behavior is mad hell if you're front You know what I want Fat beats for my rhymes, mad clips for my nines, a ill posse and my name up in lights and I and me. I'ma let you know how I feel on the real I pack steel. It's like a jungle, makes me wonder where my heel is. The brick skips the dog shit, complete in my cipher. Temple like Rowdy Rowdy Piper, hyper like a viper. I'ma strike if I gotta go in for the jugular, stretch it like a copper. Stop us, stop us, but you can't stop me. Lock me, just watch me blow up the spot J Came a long way from back in the day We did it for no pages Rhyming, hit the hay and sleep Wake up, write another rhyme Hit the park after dark, drop the beat One time, that's when shit was real No ponies, no baloney, just the homie Mics and wheels are still Back up from the roof, half plugged in the street light Everything right, jam over, street fight Back to the lab, I grab my pen and pad Raw lyrics, make a Sorena scat Had no dinero, enough get Four chicken wings and rice, a 40 ounce of nickel 
back to get nice. Now I might make a million. It's still sun, it makes the heart pump. You know what I want? Fat beats from my rhymes. Mad clips from my nines. I'm ill posse, and my name up in lights and I in need. Cet MC, rappeur dépressif et très speed J'fume la scène, tu le sais maintenant Yo, dans la grotte, yo Yo le microphone me capture, me braque sur la vérité Je fais rimer les brasses avec mon actu yes. Le monde est crade vu ce qu'on y perpétue Faire des thunes, l'humain s'est perdu, les secteurs sont dévastés Regarde. Les faces B kickées jusqu'à épuisement Zéro déguisement, la vie ne fait pas le moine Sur une terre ou même l'églissement Les croyances font les fanatismes Agent l'homme devient fou comme s'il mélangeait l'herbe à la tise Cannabis et vin d'Alsace, trois perles de cassis Nique le thé framboise, appelle une pharmacie Qu'elle soigne mes angoisses, attend de voir comment ça pète L'homme prend en roi parce qu'il a qui jadis tous les endroits de cette grande planète, plus que 30 années pour l'analyse et le crâne brisé. Respecte là quand elle dort, c'est ce que papa me disait. Pas de pitié non. pour les façades fat, crap large, grave c'est sur les murs de chaque cité. Yor, Paname pourrait m'enterrer, ou comme j'en fais rare, faire qui je suis. C'est des types qui descendent juste à la porte de Chambéré. J'essaie de m'entraîner dans les restos à faire des sous, alors qu'au fond, je suis comme Ernesto, mais sans le béret. Prêt comme l'armée d'Alexandre, face au roi persan, lançant ma lance, elle frappe après la descente. Cette aura descendre, je descends depuis la naissance et j'aime tant du mois, j'ai chaud, même le 4 décembre. J'apprécie les gens, l'alcool, la mode des années 30, le shit en soirée, les films de noir et puis les femmes étranges. Évite enfoirer et de faire des alléchants, t'offre un méga fausse armée, car ils veulent qu'on finisse dans la fosse à merde. Les fausses amènent toujours avec un tas de mimiques. Mon élixir à moi, des fat lyrics, moins de claps, plus de kicks, snare, plus de basses, plus de blagues. Continue pour le mystère, the conversation with the guys at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud at The Country. Subscribe to the show on your iTunes and Stitcher to stay up to date. And if you like what you hear, give it a rating. Dukan is hosted by OT, Irshad, and Tufus. You can also reach them on their personal social media profiles at OT Official and at Irshad underscore INI. And you can also reach Tufus at soundcloud.com slash firas dash Ibrahim. Salam. Yeah, real Sony. Let's do it. Worldwide, show that shine. Get the cash and flash like Kodak blind. I mean, if I get the urge to blur, don't bling, I do it. It's nobody's concern. They ain't got a thing to do with this. Just shut the Please believe I had the boy need out of Philly free to leave. Giving the gangs the love like even keys. The first piece worth about a set of these with cheese. Hey, to think I ain't peep they steeze. Don't think I don't got peeps that'll squeeze the things. And trying to be MOP, you beat DOA. Beating my mans and enroll DP. And we don't play those games, no chain tucking. Only congratulated their hate. Rock City down here in the D. Bling bling, it's time to make a MV. Let's do it. Do it. Can't get they taste of the cake, they mad And these backpackers wanna confuse it 
cause Icy ain't got nothing to do with the music So hey, to mind your biz and get your own You know what time it is, we get that glow uh, Better get the before we hit that door We too sick, put crew thick like bull And you can respect it I'm in the booth, chain swinging, sounding like extra percussion uh, I'm telling you cousin, rock your jewels If anything, talk this to pop and fool Just to let her know you ain't friendly Let's sparkle, baby, make an envy I want to, it don't mean I will And just because I'm angry, it don't mean I'd kill And just because she looks good, it don't mean I'd hit it And just because I'm horny, it don't mean I'm with it Just because I make records, don't mean that I'm gassing Just because I'm rapping, don't mean I chase ass Just because I'm wildin', don't mean I can't stop I got discipline, baby, and I use it a lot People, it's something that you should be considering Things could turn bitter when you don't use discipline You might wake up the next day upsetting in fear Bugging out, yapping about how the fuck did I get here Who the hell is this stranger staring all in my face Now you're wishing you had positioned yourself in that place Think just in case you should have took more precaution A good time can become a nightmare so often Like this nigga I know that met these chicks on tour They rocked me asleep, robbed his ass for cash galore Skated off in the night without a trace or a hint Scheming, tantalizing him, dressed up in lace and shit Caught that kid out there, all high and dumbfounded Made him Think he was getting some pussy, he just knew he was gonna pound it Situations like this won't make you think twice That's why instead of preaching death in my songs, I breathe life Baby, you won't get teeth to tie Let me know what's on your mind Just because I'm yours don't make it right Baby, you won't get teeth to tie Let me know what's on your mind Just go down, baby, now let's make it right Tycoon thug He made a $10,000 investment, now he's not to be messed with Makes the girls get undressed quick He's on some big muscle chest yet, posted by the exit That's my man, he's the owner, yeah he be on some next shit Said we make a few million by the next millennium Told me to keep dropping jewels like a trigger man, putting lead in them Like Flavor said, I tell these hoes to kill the noise You know your pops told you, watch them New York boys all night The ladies be like up in my mug, tranquilized in a trance, dancing up on my drug Fly honeys They hold me down like always The same cat that used to get blunted down in the hallways I love the cutie pies, never the duty pies I got discipline, I want the crew to rise Situations like this so make you think twice Instead of preaching death in my songs, I breathe life BK Uptown Boogie Down Queens Beautiful But not today I have to laugh on the real I have to mask kinda ill Like I'm Dr. Dre 
Sometimes I run to the club and get faded This game make you get jaded, I just hate it But this song is a different kind of feeling It's a new kind of dealing, it's a special kind of healing And I can show what it is Best flow in the biz, you know what it is Positive over negative, see the ace of master Even when I face disaster, I rise up above See people still showing me love, got the respect without dropping a check This hip-hop thing might stop in a sec So this brand new hit, you can pop in the deck It's beautiful So look inside yourself Something you never felt Feeling like nothing else What's the sign goes beyond your mind It's beautiful So look inside yourself Something you never felt Feeling like nothing else What's the sign goes beyond your eyes This is brand new Uptown, still in a box This the Yankees, 10-0, killing the socks. This ain't hugging the block with a gat in your hand. This is Boca Rattan on a catamaran. With the sun beaming down where you at in the sand. I feel like I'm more than a cat with a plan. This feels like it's more than a flash in the pan. This is milk in a cup and cash in your hand. This is a warm coat on the coldest night. That's why I stole this mic, y'all don't hold this right. Nope. First in the class of many. This is a bottle of Jack, no, a glass of Henny. Now drink it up till there ain't nothing left in it. I'm reppin' it, BK, that's a definite Just more of these amazing rhymes A song like this in these days and times is beautiful So look inside yourself Something you never felt Feeling like nothing else What's inside goes beyond your mind It's beautiful So look inside yourself Look into the sky, I pray to you and I Wonder why, I wonder why I 
Sometimes at the disco, that truth comes back when you let it go. Seem complicated 'cause it's really so simple. Walking down Young Street on a Friday, can't follow them, gotta do it my way. No fast lane, still on the highway. Moving in and out, no doubt there's a bride. No time to get down 'cause I'm moving up.
11, 10, 70, that was my intro uh -huh. But now in 94, I'm rolling a 6 four. Cause things get shady where the grass is greener Niggas throwing up sets and hoods like they never seen her Young Mac Daddy do his thing cause I pack right I got 44 ways to make you act right And it's a shame how the game must be played It was told, never fold by the niggas you can't fade So raise up off this young hog Cause I heard you punkin' some, but you can't punk me, dawg I got my own thing cause I let my nuts hang If you wanna bring it, bring it on, no pain, no gain so as I creep, can you peep what I speak? Technique's unique, so what you're saying is obsolete. So there it is, as I go about my days, I can only bring it to you like this in so many ways. Some homies are bad-minded, cannot take them from your friend. Them should that This is Warren G, you know And I was in Baghdad before these little youngsters was in their daddy bag, you know Yeah, they in violation when he out, so handle It's all plain and simple, I rode just to serve a lifetime with my niggas Idiotic fools can't figure the way I display or should I say more than that It's crucial when I name how many niggas got my back, never lack The skills when it's time to handle mine You can front if you wanna, but you still know the time I'm that nigga that they call Wayney at What that mean? I'm that nigga staying down for the home team So if you didn't know, let me slow your road This pro is on the go with some shit you ain't heard before So recognize game in your face A touch of the bass, then I'm gone without a trace Guys, if you're listening on iPhone or Stitcher, there is a button that will jump you back 15 seconds, okay? I need you to press it when I say now. My Twitter ID is at Rajkotecha, R-A-J-K-O-T-E-C-H-A. And my email address is raj at creativecontentagency.com. Now. 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 Now.